Hi, and welcome back to the How to Decorate podcast from Ballard Designs. We want to teach you how to decorate your home and unleash your inner decorator. So we'll be interviewing interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world, sharing the trials and triumphs of our own homes, and also answering your decorating questions. I'm Caroline. I run the Ballard Designs blog, How to Decorate. And I'm Taryn, and I'm on the product design team at Ballard. And I'm Karen, a head of branding at Ballard. We're your hosts. Today we have interior designer, former blogger, still kind of blog a little bit, Naomi Stein of Design Manifest. Hello, hello. Welcome, Naomi. Yes. So happy to be here. Thank you, guys. Thanks I already like your radio voice. Yeah. That was very good. Yeah, Thanks. sultry. Good voice. <laughs> I may go up and down in octaves a lot throughout That's this, okay. throughout That's this right. chat. Multiple personalities and voices. <laughs> If you're a blog reader, you probably remember her blog, Design Manifest. I used to read your blog like 8 million years ago. Um, But I think that your background is so interesting and the way your firm has evolved. Because when you first started, you were working with your dad in his, um, he was a general contractor and had a construction firm. And you started working with him doing more of the design, I believe. To correct me if I'm wrong in any way. And um, over the years, it became more of a design build firm. But then when he retired in 2016, it evolved into a full service interior design firm and project management. You do some project management too. So is that right, Naomi? That is correct. It's um, <laughs> It's been an evolution. And um, I was not one of these types who set out with a business plan and uh, figure out how I was going to do my business and just went ahead. It sort of just... I saw an opportunity with my father. He was building luxury kitchens and baths on the main line, which is a pretty wealthy area outside of Philadelphia. And I thought to myself, well, I can I can design these. I like homes. And I thought, well, I'll jump in this business and I'll change it lickety split two years, well, you know, 10 years later. How old were uh, you? When you? I was 23. Okay. So, <laughs> so I, was, you know, I was fresh faced. I was ambitious. And I, did, I knew nothing about the interior design world or what was happening in Philadelphia. And I just thought, well, I can do it best. Which in a way is, is charming, and in a way <laughs> I had to have a lot of learning experience. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I started by learning his trade, and then I just kept adding on because I kept seeing areas to um, improve. I didn't want mm-hmm. other decorators finishing our spaces, so right. I, I learned how to to do the various areas of home design beyond just kitchen and bath. Yeah. Well, and it all floods together, too. Yeah. I remember distinctly this one kitchen that we did, um, you know, kitchen kind of dining area. I designed the kitchen. I loved it. And then she hired a decorator to come in. And this was a while ago, so I can talk about it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But they picked, look, I like lime, but they picked the worst lime walls and then these hideous window treatments. And then how can I photograph the space? It isn't all about photographing the space, but, you know, it kind of ruined. It kind of ruined my cherry on top. So I really wanted to have um, full control, of course, with collaborating with clients, but right. I wanted to have full control, at least on my <laughs> end, of, of of the design of the projects. Well, kudos to your dad for embracing you and letting you have that creative growth and freedom. My goodness. That man <laughs> must really love me because he allowed me to completely rebrand his business from his logo to our mission statement to the, the look of what I was doing and who I was attracting. And he just... Um, he believed in you. He just, yeah, he believed. And as long as the quality was there, as long as he was using the work methods that he wanted, he was down. As long as he wasn't 
um, traveling more than 20 minutes outside of his preferred radius, which is a big deal for him. So, um, yeah, I really, um, he allowed me to really grow the business um, organically and learn from an expert. So I'm really lucky in that it was not a traditional startup. It was really a startup with Wait, the backbone of 20 years of construction experience. Amazing. I, it's funny that you you started with kitchen and bath because I feel like that is the most difficult. That's the area that probably has the most um, hiccups. You know, it's the right. most complicated. So you really dove into the deep end there and then like worked back maybe towards the other rooms There's of the house. There's a lot that are, of yeah. mechanics and planning, I imagine, in kitchen design as opposed to Interior, like soft goods. Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny. I mean, I, I think it's just a different, a, a different niche. Like, I actually find hard decorating living rooms and bedrooms harder. I enjoy mm. it more, but there, there's more individual parts, or there's more. There's so many possibilities when you're doing, say, a living room True. as to what you could do. Whereas, whereas a kitchen, you know, typically cabinets are, are boxes. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes we we reinvent <laughs> that, but I, I actually think that it's. Kitchen design is very mathy, and it's all about allocating those inches, and then of course picking a few finishes. But with uh, decorating a home, there's so many more individual components that each one really throws the overall aesthetic. So, what do you feel that people don't consider? For instance, if I was going to redo my own kitchen and not employ a professional like you to help me, what are the mistakes that I I'm going to make, or that I wouldn't even think about? I think people feel very overwhelmed with changing the layout mm -hmm. or perhaps they believe often erroneously that changing the layout will cost more money in plumbing and electric, though really, depending on the age of the home, you should really renew that anyway. So You do hear a lot of that, I can't move the sink yeah. or I can't move the toilet. Yeah. Like, oh, so so okay. they don't improve enough of the function. They kind of just give it a facelift. So that's a big thing to me is not like just wipe that room clean and then visualize the very best way to lay it out. Um, so certainly that. This is changing, but still there's some resistance to mixing it up a bit. Um, you know, your base cabinets don't have to match your wall cabinets just the same way your pants don't match your shirt. You know, right. um, that's that's coming in more and more. Um, is that regional, do you think? Do you find, are, are you mostly working in the Philly area or the main line? Is that what it's called? We're not from Philly, so <laughs> literally we were this morning like, what is the main line? We had to figure we're it out. Sort of on the, we're sort of on the end of the main line right now. The mm -hmm. main line is uh, one of the original rail lines from Philadelphia out to the country. Um, <laughs> so, yes, I mostly work in Philadelphia, the main line, and as we say it, around here, down the shore, um, which is Jersey, Jersey <laughs> beaches. Well, I think it's a bit regional in that at least Philadelphia is a very old city. And so we're, some people are trying to do the California modern thing, but I don't think it's really appropriate in the architecture. So I really try to respect the architecture, mm -hmm. look at my home, my clients' dreams, meld the two together in an appropriate mm -hmm. way. Of course, with a little bit of function mixed in there. Um, right. mm -hmm. You can't, you know, the open shelves, tons of windows with no window treatments doesn't make sense when we aren't doing indoor outdoor living or if you're in the city and right outside your window is people staring inside. Right. So right. um, mm -hmm. we have to kind of design to the architecture a bit. 
True. Yeah. Um, I had seen on your Instagram, you were kind of talking about um, the kitchen islands that are now just like a piece of furniture or like a right. table, and you're asking people's opinions on if they're putting those in. Have you seen more people adding that kind of antique element or furniture element to a kitchen? Definitely. One of our current projects said to us, I don't want a kitchen kitchen. And that was like party time. <laughs> so, you know, we people don't want just a bunch of boxes. You know, they want think about lifestyle. We are living in our kitchen. So we want our kitchens to feel like a living room, but they have to function like a kitchen. So right. one of my favorite little things we did was um, a big pantry armoire. But instead of solid doors, um, gathered fabric behind the doors to make mm-hmm. it feel yes. like, you know, it, it almost could be country, but not the way we're styling it. We're going to mm. do a fun fabric of fun finishes. So um, certainly. That's a fun yeah. little tidbit that to is. do. So, okay. When you're talking about these islands that are more like furniture, mm-hmm. are you still putting a sink, a dishwasher in them or are they more open? A work surface. Yeah. It, it depends on what is needed. So if a sink and dishwasher need to be in there, you need to run power down to the ground. So you can't have it be like completely up on legs and with looking underneath of it and having it be um, totally off the ground (laughs) like a table. Um, If it just wants to be some storage, it can be off the ground. So form follows function with that. But um, if, if if you want both a furniture style island and a second sink. Let's try to put it somewhere else and or get creative, but there's mm-hmm. some technicalities there. Yeah. It's yeah. a long answer. No, no, I, I think that's, I mean, it makes sense. You kind of have to pick one or the other. Yeah. And it, and it comes down to knowing your personality. So I'm in the midst of designing my own kitchen. Yay. Uh, this is like my fifth one I'm doing. Uh, <laughs> for yourself. Yeah, for myself. Oh, wow. And my boyfriend and I, we are fine with open shelves and and just grabbing things. I'm fine with an island with shelving and and having things out. Um, I don't mind seeing things. I'm lazy. I hate opening doors. Mm -hmm. You know, I want the ease. I love the casualness. Some of my clients, they need it hidden away for their own sanity. Mm -hmm. So know what you need. If if, if Mm -hmm. clutter or if you don't take the time to style your clutter drives you nuts, hide it away. Mm -hmm. If you're more like, eh, you know, we live, we live in like a grab and go kind of way. Keep it out. Yeah. So, and I'm sure you can do a combination of both too. Yeah, definitely. You know? Are you putting in more appliance like cupboards where they like hide all the appliances? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to ever see that microwave. <laughs> hide that microwave away. What so. else do you not want to see in a kitchen? Um, my goodness. Well, you're I, you're designing your fifth, right? <laughs> I guess yeah. I guess it's probably different the answer for you personally oh, yeah. and what your clients are wanting. <sighs> Karen's is a half um, a leftover half drank glass of wine wasted That's right, by someone. I just ah. drink it. <laughs> that never exists in my house. <laughs> it's a problem we don't have. Um, microwave. What about a coffee maker? Do you mind seeing that? Are people trying to hide all these things these days? Some people do try to hide everything. It depends how many small appliances you have. True. Um, and if you realistically are going to close your doors, or if you hide behind doors, you're going to close it. Um, I haven't been really that into what well, for a long time. I, I don't. I don't want to see a dishwasher. 
So I want a panel, a dishwasher. Mm-hmm. Um, that seems like the easiest one. It is. And the cheapest, maybe. Yeah, like the is. least, you know. Whereas refrigerators, unless you're going with a nice brand, don't try to do a panel because it looks real janky. Like uh-huh. it doesn't look right. Um, you see the edges. It's a DIY so. project gone wrong. It's it's so like <laughs> KitchenAid, GE, not Monogram, but regular GE. They all offer panel ready, but then you put it in and it looks you cheap. Can still tell. You can you can tell. So I think either just embrace it. Like I love GE Cafe Cafe. Have you guys seen their refrigerators and their ranges? Yes. Super cute white with copper handles uh, or like it's matte so black good. with mm. brass. Yeah. They're really stepping it up. So. Mm-hmm. Think that uh, just know your limitations. Where should we splurge in the kitchen? Like, should you be splurging on your appliances, or is that an area where you should say, "Oh, you're giving me a funny look"? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's I think everywhere. I, well, I, that's such a cooking particular thing. So, mm-hmm. for me, I cook, but I I'm fine with kind of as long as the oven works well, it's mm-hmm. gonna right. roast our chicken. Um, so, I, being a cabinetry girl, I would splurge on quality cabinetry because um, I like to have products that are made in Pennsylvania. I'm from Pennsylvania, so I like to work with my local cabinet makers. Mm-hmm. I like um, using wood, wood that's sustainable. I want a product that's going to last 20, 30 years. Um, I want good hardware. So we like to splurge there. Um, for some people, it's just not in the cards. So it's maybe it's going cheaper cabinets and then, yeah, throwing in a really cool range. Um, it just depends how much you're going to beat up your stuff because mm-hmm. um, cabinets take a beating, how much mm-hmm. you're really particular about your your braising of your of your meats, if that's yeah, your thing. Yeah. So. <laughs> that's a good answer. Know. know yourself. And that's, you know, what you're saying aesthetically too, but it also applies to function, you know. Right. Know your own habits in terms of where you should be spending money. And know what your expectations are. If, if you are hoping that your kitchen looks brand new in seven years, well, None will, but if you want cabinets that can, with a few touch-ups in seven years, still be looking great, know that you should splurge now. If you're like, well, you know, we're moving. Good luck to the next homeowner. We'll be here for five years. Yeah. Know that you can save money there, but they're just not going to hold up in the same kind of way. Mm -hmm. So it's asking the questions to um, your cabinet maker, to your kitchen designer, you know, what is the lifespan of this product? What can I expect? How should it look in five years or 10 years? What's on the maintenance list for the first year? kind mm-hmm. of stuff. I think the more you oh, know what to expect, the less disappointed you will be. I would have never asked those questions. Me either. My maintenance in, in the first year. To a cabinet. Mm-hmm. I assume but there's zero. <laughs> I don't know. Usually, like, some hinges need to be adjusted or ah. store doors start to look a little wonky. Yes. Usually, mm-hmm. if you have painted cabinets, everyone loves, they get lots of nicks. Uh-huh. They just do. So having your, your carpenter come back and do a little touch-up with the paint, make it fresh again. Ooh. Yeah. So... Rather than living with the chips and being angry at 18 months in and feeling like, why did I spend all this money? There's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like polishing your shoes, I guess. You buy lovely shoes and you still have to maintain them. Which yeah. I never, ever do. Should I do that? I don't know. I've okay. heard people do it. <laughs> I don't think that we are just our shoes, not our cabinets. And you do it to your cabinets, not your shoes. Yeah. So really, yeah. <laughs> yeah. know thyself. <laughs> what do you value? You know, my biggest pet peeve with the kitchen is when you're over at someone's house. And you can't find the trash can, and you're walking around with your plate like, I don't, where's the trash like, can? Like, I need a trash can. See, I always feel like the handle gives it away. Why? No, if you have a lot of drawers, though. Well, maybe because it, it's a certain shape. Well, Caroline says I'm just an idiot. That's true, <laughs> and it's usually near the sink. <laughs> yes. It's Never so mind. funny though, because I, I think that everyone. But you don't has want it out, out, so I get it. You don't want to see it. You don't want it labeled. 
trash can for guests. But but there's always, okay, I think that a lot of times a trash can, it's the shape of a cabinet door, but Mm -hmm. it has a drawer handle. Yes. That's how you know where it is. True. Am I the only one? I mean, yeah, you're, don't make me feel so dumb, dumb, Caroline. <laughs> well, Something new is so funny. You're though. assuming it's in a, a, a built-in cabinet too. Not everyone has that. That's true. Yeah. It's when it's like in a pantry or tucked it like mm-hmm. outside, and you're like, well, I was never. But how is that worse than? Can you find the forks? Can you find the wine glasses? You know. Sometimes yeah. you have to just ask if you're somewhere. Just yes, just ask. True. <laughs> just leave your dirty plate and walk away and act like it's not yours. <laughs> just throw your garbage on the ground. <laughs> Stop it's on it. It's their fault for building it in. Smart, That's right. smart. Your they were hiding away. Does not work. <laughs> it's funny though because I had um, we were over at some friend's house and the couple was telling us that they you know were planning to do a kitchen renovation in like maybe a year or so and. She was telling us, knowing that Will and I both love design, they were telling us what they wanted and kind of how they were picturing it. And she was saying, the wife was saying, um, I want to build in the trash can. I want to do this and that. And the husband was so anti-built-in trash can. He just thinks it's the stupidest thing he had ever heard. He said, I don't understand. Your trash can has to be so small to fit in there. It's a normal size. So you have to take it out all the time. And I'm like, I actually like that because why do you want Mine's like six old trash? That's stinky. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he just had all these like. What size trash can does he put in his kitchen? Like a five gallon? I know. We have I a know. big one. That fits in ours. I have a, yeah. Mine's yeah, yours is big normal size. I've seen yours. Mine's like normal size too. Hmm. Ours is a, tell him he's dumb and he needs to listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I just, it's, I just think it's really funny how some people have, everyone uses their kitchen differently. True. So Absolutely. one thing that to you feels really comfortable and natural and you want to take your trash out every other day because that way you don't have smells or whatever, to another person that's a pain and they hate it and they can't wait to change it. So it's just... We always... We'd like to say too that um, decorating or renovating is a great chance to evaluate your life. So what does that mean? That means that we want to look at your goals, look at your lifestyle and maybe improve a certain things. So we can design things in a way that kind of set you up to do everything better. So when it comes to a kitchen, you know, I know my sister and I was my co-designer, we're interested in creating less trash. So maybe we want to give you a smaller trash can and maybe you can try to live up to the the goal of, you know, again, like you might then still be a trashy person, but what do you <laughs> what do you want mm-hmm. out of your life? So we can kind of give you the tools we can design it the right way and either you can implement those <laughs> implement it or you can still live in chaos but at least a good design helps you on the, the right path towards mm-hmm. you know a better lifestyle yeah yeah totally so is there a, a in style way of uh, tupperware storage still looking for that one is there in a cabinet yes. drawers i think what? drawers and maybe drawers. split maybe like two-thirds in the front for the containers and the back third for all the lids to go yes. in and take you know. them out match them all up with their lids and throw out anything that doesn't have yes. one that goes with They're it. They're like socks. And I highly recommend yes, getting a are. matching set, throwing it all away, getting one big matching set, and then you know what you got. And you even know what you're missing. Yeah, You'll feel so much better. I promise you. It's like $30 at Costco. Do do what I'm saying. Believe and me. And only <laughs> buy that. Like, if you need to replace it, only buy the one that matches. Yes. Yeah. Like, don't I like Pyrex. Glass. Yeah, you like the glass. Oh, no. I was going to say, but you don't even like Tupperware. Okay, I have a question. If mm-hmm. I'm, uh, this has to do with, I feel like what you're alluding to. If I did want to compost, right? Mm-hmm. What's a good way to collect that in my kitchen that is attractive? Oh, that's tough. We're struggling with that right now in my kitchen. Um, 
You know, sometimes it's a cute little metal canister with a lid on a counter. Sometimes mm-hmm. maybe it's under the sink. We, you could do a second trash pullout that's maybe recycling and then a covered something for compost that you take out every couple of days because um, yeah. it gets stinky as well. But I think the key is that it's covered. What right? about it needs it has to be it has to be sealed? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that doesn't work with There's my idea. Too then. much going on. Yeah. Okay. Fine. We've already, played around with doing a hole in the countertop. Right, that's what I was going to ask about. But then you just you need to be able to plug it. it. So maybe if you had a, a, say you have a stone countertop and you you cut a hole into a, a thing, and then if you have a plug, I don't know. Well, because I have two friends that have that, mm-hmm. but it's just for trash. They don't necessarily assign it for composting, and they have like a cute, like almost like a little antique metal bin lid that mm-hmm. sits on top. And that they think they cut their hole to match the lid size. Yeah. Oh, um, that's smart. So they just, like you said, sweep everything into this hole. Hmm. Um, but it isn't sealed, sealed. You yeah. Know, there's a lid, but it's not sealed. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was brilliant, the idea in general. Mm-hmm. I, of course, I did. And I have a butcher block, so I could do it mm-hmm. in my butcher block, but mm-hmm. I didn't. <laughs> my other big thing I'm still trying to brainstorm is dish drying. Like, mm-hmm. who? no one likes a drying rack, right? Right. They're unattractive. And like, can we find a way to do a drawer that drains into the sink? Do, do you have a second dishwasher that you just use for dry, drying right. the dishes? But I, it drives me nuts having the dishes sitting or so one of those So these are things that you hand wash or if you don't have, like, what are you not putting in your dishwasher? I personally never use my dishwasher or I rarely do. Um, just but, because of the energy consumption or? Like it's just two of us, so oh, uh-huh. you know, there's that. Yeah. It sounds like but, uh, you need one of the drawer ones, yeah, a tiny the one. mini one, yeah. But a lot of my clients who have big families, they use their dishwasher, but still, certain things you hand mm-hmm. wash and then you, well, you know, leave speaking out. of Tupperware, Tupperware never dries in the dishwasher, so yeah. that always drives me nuts because then you've dishwashed it, but now you have to either hand dry it or let it sit out and dry, you know, just you do. Do you just put it in your cabinet? Somebody bag? help us. <laughs> well, I have like a drying thing in my dishwasher. It dries stuff. There's uh, a dry cycle. Plastic like never dries in my dishwasher. Hmm. Oh. All right. So these are all our tasks. These are hard. We got to think of like how to solve I just, I don't know. I always just put a clean dishcloth on my countertop and just dry it there. I've never seen the point of like a rack. having a designated rack just takes up space does it really dry things better than just then do you have a lot of water puddling around your counter i I put down a clean pretty tea towel Mm -hmm. and just put stuff on top of that Mm. and then how long does the stuff sit there yeah it can only be the next morning oh no that by that night by that night yeah oh I, i can walk away in the evening but by the morning i'm like making my coffee and putting away whatever on the like on the towel has to be away before i go to sleep yeah it is really annoying to wake up to a room or to a kitchen that's not. And I don't you know, dry clean. my knives. I just put them right back in the block. Do you think that's a bad thing? Why can't they just drip dry in the block? My husband thinks it's really bad, but I just sneak them in there anyway. Wet wood? Is it a wood block? Mm-hmm. Wet wood? Maybe like a little. No, it's terrible. Why don't you it's just wood <laughs> and water? Wood and water are not good. Why? I Trees mean, are outside. <laughs> it's not like it's pooling on it. it you know, there's a it, few oh, drops the grain on my knife. opens up when it's wet. So it's holding my knives tightly. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all are on Joe's side, and I don't like it. <laughs> it's not going to stop you. I know you're no, just going to continue to no. do it. 
Mm-mm. I think you are, I, I think Naomi is very creative in the sense of, I was loving even looking at the post of one of your homes you had before that had the Ikea cubbies that you, you had done a mirror in the back. Yeah. And it did not look like the Ikea. I didn't even see it as the Ikea cubby until like the call out was, oh, these are the Ikea cubbies. I put a mirror in the back. But the way you had it styled was just, it was a great little like hack. And I, I loved how many little it. hacks you had. What was it for? So this was, um, I had this amazing loft um, in Northern Liberties, which is a neighborhood of Philadelphia, uh, golly, nine, eight years ago, um, and a huge space. And yeah, I had a lot of walls to fill. So in one of them, I took one of those that used to be ex- Expedit. Now it's Kallax, I think. I like that you the, remember the name of it. Yeah. Oh, oh, everyone it was, knows the Expedit. Come yeah, on. Yeah. yeah. So, excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> the giant squares of white. Um, yeah. White, white cube bookshelves and just wanted to reflect some light, make it look a little more bespoke. So I took two big floor mirrors and stuck them behind and it gave the So they're effect. open cubes. They're open mm, cubes. Uh-huh. So you look uh-huh. at the, yeah. the mirrors reflecting. I thought maybe you got a square for each Oh cube. no. Okay. Oh no, that'd be a lot of work. Um, but you could, I guess. You could, you could. cut at your ace you hardware could. or something. You could. That turns into um, really expensive DIY. Um, <laughs> what is it? Well, I mean, I don't cut. get a lot of mirror cuts, so I don't know. Yeah, I think. Yeah, okay. Never mind then. The big ones, the. Wait again. I know you had a bunch of great little, like, it. thrift. Oh, you, you do. You do design with a lot of high low. In fact, you use a little bit of Ballard. I remember specifically. I definitely I think do. you did um, a Coventry bench, maybe, in a COM mm-hmm. in one project. Mm-hmm. You did some Dana chairs. Yes. Oh my gosh, I love the Dana chair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dana bar stool. Yeah. Um, we love we love banquettes, so we've done yes. a lot of we do we tend to do a lot of COM. The UIs have some great fabrics too, but um, that's yeah. the great thing. Designers can put anything they want on it, which is yeah. amazing. Yeah, it makes it you would it makes it look incredibly customized. So we're yeah. we're a big fan. I also there's also one settee that I've used a lot um, that I can't think of the name right now, but like a dining or no. Well, there's one that's that's sort of like that, right? Like a Sophia. French. Yeah, the Sophia settee, big fan of and one that's tufted that I also okay. use as a dining bench in one of my projects. So, mm. Oh, I'll include that you, picture. Yeah, yeah. I'll include that picture. <laughs> yeah, I want to see. We'll post it. Yeah. <laughs> they, one of the, that Ikea hack reminded me of one of the favorite things that's on your Instagram, which is it was like an 80s bookshelf, built-in bookshelf. The, you had it before, and I, I highly suggest to everyone go look at your Instagram because you have great before and afters. Oh, thanks. Yes, you do. And, and lots of other stuff, too, but I particularly love before and afters. Um, <laughs> Let's get feedback. I'll try to do more of those. Oh, it makes me feel <laughs> like, oh, oh. It's so, so accomplishing. Cool. Yeah. It's so mm, good. Yeah. It doesn't do anything. This is a little bit um like OCD, but it bothers me how m- the multiple images ones have that little white box at the top of the square. Mm. You know what I mean? Yes. So it kind of yeah. ruins the, the feed. I'm like, <laughs> but anyway, I'll, I'll try to well, do more. And have you noticed, I've noticed on Instagram lately, it doesn't always show you the first picture when you have more than yeah. one picture. So if you're doing a before and after, or, I mean. I, well, no, what it does is if you've, if already, you've already seen, seen the first one in your feed. Is that what it does? And mm-hmm. you didn't swipe. Oh, it'll show you the second one next That's time. annoying. <gasps> They're trying to get you to engage, no, Karen. On Instagram, <laughs> leave me alone. I know. So this bookshelf, typical 80s built-in, I thought. And then your after was... With the walnut veneer. Oh, 
Yeah. Yes. That is so pretty. Thanks. You put this walnut veneer in the background, and I, it didn't even look like the same thing. And you could even do it with a wallpaper or something. You know, totally. If you didn't want to do a walnut veneer, but you put a wallpaper on the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Yes, you did. <laughs> but it was so chic. I think everybody who has 80s book built ins needs to go to your Instagram, look at that, and copy it today. Thank you. <laughs> Three, it was three elements. It was painting. We didn't change the doors, but it was painting the frames. It was veneering the back, and it was changing out the shelves um, to glass. Glass shelves, and that's it right. totally transformed it. Yeah. So that really was a good before. So current mm-hmm. looking now, yeah. and the light fixture you put in there, everything just mm. made it. On that point. whole house was pretty special, and I've been holding back on sharing it. I've only given a few, a few. Well, of the, you got me. So I'm really excited to. Um, that's going to come out in the fall. So good. Awesome. Super exciting. Yeah. Very, very, a lot of wallpaper, a lot of custom made furniture mixed in with kind of some high low. Sure. There's some Ballard in that house. I'll try to call it out when, it, when we show it. So we awesome. always, we always mix it in. So, yeah. Um, you talked about a little bit about your loft, but you also used to have a cute little cottage that you sort of redid from top to bottom. Um, and I was wondering if you could share any good small space thoughts you had from living in that little guy and renovating it. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so this was a cute little um, twin is what we call it here in um, this area. Um, Like one house kind of split into two. So it sort of had the same sizing of a row home as well and that it was narrow and a little bit long. Um, so what are my small saving solutions? <laughs> well, one, there was an unheated, uncooled attic space that I converted into a lady lounge. So that was <laughs> such a good, okay, people need to go look at this. Sorry, I'm, I'm going to stop interrupting. <laughs> it was so cute. It's fine. It's fine. Um, I didn't want a large TV downstairs. Um, first of all, the living area was not big enough. And so I just wanted, I put a little teeny one down there, but... I knew for our lifestyle at the time that we wanted a place to kind of lounge out. And so the third floor, we just converted into a place to, we made a day bed, a place to do some work, a place to watch TV. Um, It was a no shoe zone. So I painted the floor and the the walls, most of the walls white. And it was just like a really, it felt like a a little heavenly getaway in in the house. Mm -hmm. So that was good, sort of carving out unused space. Um, first floor, I took down a bunch of walls. I reoriented the stairs to make it open concept because at first it was three very small rooms and mm-hmm. you couldn't have even fit a sofa in the living room. I'm not sure how anyone wow. has ever lived in this home before. I don't know how, they, how you could live in a they living just room. They two rocking chairs sat yeah. there together, yeah. staring at each other. Or it was one of those. lantern. I bet you it was one of those weird houses where the first room is unused because it's too small mm-hmm. and yeah. then everything gets shoved into the dining room and then or in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. So we we opened it up and made it be much more, um, well, open concept, but also have the ability to have a sofa, a chair, and a table. What? Yeah. And an island. Magical. What? And an island. <laughs> um, yeah. And then in the kitchen, we fit in a teeny little island. It was an Ikea. It was one of those Ikea hacks. I uh, fit that in there because I really wanted a place to, to sit. So I sacrificed some wall cabinets or a traditional L in order to give myself a little island. And again, mm-hmm. I, I knew that would function well for me yeah. and it looked good. So you had cute little stools, mm-hmm. some fun fabric. I mean, it was no, I thought it was a good way to, um, you know, do a little refresh on the kit. Cause you did 
like two iterations of that kitchen. Like did. You, you did I a did. little mini makeover and then you did like the full makeover. But I thought the first one was had some good tips because even if you you know, we're just renting. You mm-hmm. could you could put in a little mini island with some really cute stools, a Roman shade and a coordinating fabric mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of. I'm all about customizing when renting, maybe to the point of being crazy. Um, <laughs> in my loft, which is a rental, I wallpapered a wall. I painted walls. Um, look, you have to make sure you follow your lease, but all of my leases have always said, return it to the state that you found it. So I can wallpaper and take it down. I hated my life when I was stripping it, (laughs) when I was leaving, but it made my time there so enjoyable. Right. Um, In the cottage, I painted the backsplash, this pink crazy chevron before I really renovated it. And again, if that was a rental, I could have painted it back to white. So um, some people would say, oh, that's too much work, but some people enjoy the work. And then also every day you get to walk into your space and feel delighted. So True. I'm all about that everyday enjoyment, even a couple painful days in the beginning and the end. Because even yeah. if you're in a one, one year rental, a year's a long time. It is. To look around and not enjoy what you're looking at. Well, and you may be there for five, I mean. You, right. You year, know, year if you're in there for five years, then it more than paid off. Mm-hmm. So. Plus they have easy strip wallpapers now. They do. They even have that, it's not real wallpaper, it's more like a decal. So if you were going to do something in a small application, like a backsplash, mm-hmm. you could just do a little decal and have pattern. And I like that idea, up. though, of painting a pattern on your backsplash. I didn't see this pink chevron, but it sounds fun. It was electric. electric. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. But it's just paint. Yeah. It's just paint. Right? Yeah. I'm curious how you think working with your dad and sort of apprenticing with him, seeing as he was a contractor, changed the way that you decorate. Clearly, you really focus a lot on function, which I think probably evolved, stems from that somewhere. But is there anything yeah. in particular you feel like that sets you apart, that background? Probably. Um, I'm really aware of, the, of what is involved in bringing a space to life. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we joke that um, I almost focus too much on the budget. So, oh, you have all these wants. Cool. Like, let me figure out exactly how we're going to execute it and what it's going to cost and make sure that you can do it before we get too excited. Um, which there's some merit to that, but also my sister is the one who's like, let's like find something pretty and get them excited about that. And I'm like, well, what's it going to cost? You know, like it has to be practical. <laughs> I very much was ingrained in, yeah, figuring out the logistics and um, the practicalities of a design. Well, that's good. Maybe don't <laughs> promise something you can't deliver in their budget. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. It's very rarely, whether you're doing it yourself or you're doing it hiring professional, it's very rarely aligned, your budget and what you want. It's just the nature of decorating is that mm-hmm. everything costs more than you hope. So I'm always focused on delivering hopefully the best service to the client and giving them what they want, which is both a price and a design and trying to find that middle ground. Right. Um, does that answer the dad question? Maybe not. No, uh, I think it does. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. you come at it very practically, which is good, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah. you obviously have that creative side too. But um, was your father creative like that or where did you get your creativity from? Um, my father is very practical, very grounded. Um, he has a few good ideas sometimes but no in (laughs) general i would say he's more of the um he's he's the builder Mm -hmm. he wants to make sure 
he creates the foundation to make everything be right. My creativity probably stems more from my Nana. That's his mom, um, who was a wedding designer in the 60s and 70s in Philadelphia. And she had the most beautiful home with all these like beautifully styled and never changed. You know, it was always the same. As a child, I remember going in there and going on to the buffet and touching her her glass butterfly or her pretty box. And it was very different than my home. And I just <laughs> I loved how it was just so beautiful. Um, she didn't have open shelving in her kitchen. <laughs> well, her kitchen was one of those 60s kitchens. Right. So, but she had open shelving everywhere else. Really? She had this big curio cabinet in the dining room. There must have been a lot of dusting going on in that yes. house. Um, <laughs> but she uh, she loved to collect art. Uh, I remember going to the Barnes Museum a lot with her and my aunt and being inspired by colorful. I love Matisse. So a lot of inspiration from her, whether it was just being in her home or even, I think, just the the passed down genes you sure. know of, yeah. Uh, yeah she's a creator so so okay if any of our listeners are planning a remodel and they are working with a contractor to execute their vision On what budget. is your advice for them <laughs> that's a big Can, question Caroline's hidden, well, hidden the hard balls <laughs> okay they're planning a remodel so first of all um, I want to know, I want to make sure that they have, there's some sort of plan, some sort of documented plan um, that details what's going to be done, that's <laughs> going to be posted on the job site, and it's going to be followed correctly. Um, I hope there's that. I want to make sure that they have an itemized estimate, that everything they think they're getting is included. Um, lots of times, it's purely communication issues, but lots of times things aren't included. And again, disappointments, extra money. So it's better to get really clear up front. Um, this is what we want. This is what you've priced out before you before you get started, before you get into things. Um, and I'd want to know from them. I would ask the contractor, hey, you know, what are potential problem areas? What are potential surprises? And how might we handle them ahead of time? And then when it comes up, okay, now we're now we've discovered that we ripped up the floor and the there was the joists are rotted and we have to sister the joists. That happens a lot. Um, that cost is going to be $2,000, that kind yeah. of thing. So, What about clients who want to stay in the house while they renovate? Oh, okay. So <laughs> be prepared for dust, for sure. Certainly, we love to do a lot of dust protection, um, plastic, negative air filtration, but still it gets into the vents, it goes upstairs. So maybe think about, you know, Plasting off your closets. Um, give, if it's a kitchen, give yourself a temporary kitchen. Ask your contractor to move your fridge and then maybe a microwave, maybe a hot plate into a different room for you so you can get set up. Um, Should they just not do it all together? Yeah. No, no, it's really hard to move out. It's also hard to live through. So I think it's just knowing if you have, if you're prepared for it to be dusty and noisy, and if you have a construction schedule that you know will change a little bit. But if you have one, I think if you know, okay, I'm in week two out of week 10. Okay, now I'm in week four. You know, mm -hmm. if you know when the, the end is in sight, at the end it, of the it makes it all more right. bearable. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, it, it's tough. It's And also it's really tough to see a job mid-construction mm. because- Questioning yourself? Yeah, questioning yourself. You don't have the full vision. Yes. Um, you have to just sort of trust that you've made the right decisions. I always say like, it's a mixture of trust and also gut. So if something is screaming at you, this is wrong. Well, okay. That's when you raise your hand and say something. But otherwise 
you've already made the plan, you've already ordered it, allow it to come to fruition yes. before you freak out over. I had this just happen to me. Um, we just wrapped up on Friday. We did an install for it was living room, dining room, entry, and four bathrooms. She was gone all summer. She was like, you guys do it. I trust you. It was me and my favorite GC. She said, I trust you. You handle all the problems. He sent her a few pictures while she was away. And one was of the master bathroom tile, which we set lovely white subway. And I turned it at the top and the bottom. It's called soldiering to avoid awkward tile cuts. And she saw the picture with nothing else in the room. And she said, Naomi, it looks like it's like teeth at the top and the bottom. Should I be worried? I said, not at all. There's no shower head. There's no paint. There's no art. You know, trust me, it's going to be okay. So I did the walk through with her on this Monday. She's gushing about the bathroom. I said, well, what about those teeth? She's like, totally forgot about the teeth. Mm. You know, I didn't even see the tile anymore now mm -hmm. that it's all done. So yeah. it's that can be really tough living through that and uh -huh. not seeing the full vision. Yeah. Well, yeah. we uh, quite a few designers have mentioned um, putting paint in a room, you know, some a bold statement paint, knowing it's going to work with the full yeah. room, but the client sees it before the room is finished and freaks out. They're like, no, 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 just relax. If you hate it, I'll paint it back. You know, I'll do something else. Just, it's not finished. You can't judge it yet. Yeah. Right, right. So relax. Uh, yeah. I have a question kind of about, this is of course for my own personal gain. Um, so mixing finishes in a kitchen, mm -hmm. to get back to that. Are there any rules around what works and what doesn't? Um, do the bottom ones need to be a certain thing or is it, is it bottom top or is it like these things over here on the left that could sort of live together as a pantry mode could be one color and this other stuff's another color. I'm acting a lot out that people can't see, but um, <laughs> I've been doing that too. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Are there, are there kind of guidelines on how that works or maybe the Island's a color? Oh. I'm one of those decorators who's like, there's no rules, break the rules. Um, <laughs> if you know what you're doing. Um, that being said, there's one thing I always say, um, we perceive lightness and darkness based on eye level and above. So if you want a room to feel light and bright, but also colorful, put the color on the base cabinets and leave your uppers white. Mm. Um, you could have black everything below, but if you have white uppers, it's not going to feel dark. It's going to feel bright because that's where you are seeing eye level. Um, so that's the thing for sure, I would say. Or if you want them to feel colorful, but not totally color colorful, put the color <laughs> Above walls, talls, whatnot. Mm, um, like above a chair rail or something. Yeah. Yeah. We just don't, things that are below counter don't make a room feel darker. Maybe that's why if you have a dark floor, it doesn't necessarily make your room feel dark. No. Because it just feels like a grounding thing. Yeah. Right? I, know, I always feel, especially with like two-tone cabinets, you want the darkness to be on the bottom where it's natural for it to be heavy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I wouldn't, if I was only going to do, if I was going to do half white, half dark, I would put the white up top so it feels lighter at the top. You know what I mean? I don't know mm -hmm. why, but that just makes sense to me. Yeah. And then they're heavy been, on the bottom. They've been doing it with kitchen islands too. So with that too, I've seen where they're totally painting the kitchen island and mm -hmm. not the cabinets. Are you a doing different that often? color, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I think mixing is really fun and I think sometimes it goes too far. Mm -hmm. And it's hard for me to say, you know, draw the line, well, what's a blanket too far? Right. But um I think the more if you have the capability of working with a designer or with the kitchen in place or even on your own with the more you can render it up and try to see it ahead of time, it really helps. Uh -huh. Helps you feel like, oh, mm. 
Um, and as Coco Chanel always said, like, you know, take one thing off. So if you're, if you're doing a mixed kitchen, um, maybe just think about it and maybe take away one. So say if you're, say if you're doing an island that's blue and a base cabinet that's stained wood and upper that's white, maybe keep the countertops all the same, oh. you know, or maybe different counters, maybe keep the base cabinets all the same. So it's, it's tough. It's a, it's a fine line and it's different for everyone. Yeah. Well, do it, girl. <laughs> Y'all stared really intensely yeah, we did. at each other. <laughs> um, I was just going to ask where you think it's easiest to take risks in a kitchen. Like I noticed in a lot of your kitchens, um, you know, because a kitchen is somewhere that people aren't going to update all that often. So not. you want to make a, a choice that you are going to be comfortable with for a long time. But then you also don't want to be so safe that it's not something that you're, you know, going to feel interesting. Right, right. Yeah. So, and I, and I noticed you used a lot of light fixtures that are fun. So is that somewhere where you feel like oh, you definitely, could be a little funkier? Definitely. And, we tend to, unless we're given carte blanche, we tend to keep our kitchens pretty classic in terms of the the cabinets and countertops and even really tile. Um, but then light fixtures, hardware, bar stools, um, wall treatments, anything that's easier to, even like wallpaper, not such a big deal in five years to take that down and switch it out. Cabinet, yeah, yeah bigger deal. So um, rugs. Okay. That sort of thing. Or even like something like, say, if you have glass cabinets, maybe you do a fun color on the inside of the glass cabinets. Again, not such a big deal to change that paint out, whereas painting all the frames is harder. Oh, that's a fun idea. That is a fun idea. I have two of those. You do? I do. Do it. Paint it. Or you could paper behind there. Fun. Girl. Thank you. Yeah. I was going to ask you about tile and bathrooms. Kind of what are we seeing, you know, with... Um, mixing and matching it again is this where is three different tiles in a shower too many tiles or in the bathroom I should say in the shower probably yes okay. <laughs> in the bathroom no no um, we're seeing a lot of cement tile a lot which I love but also it's very delicate and it's not for every family mm-hmm. um, so I kind of worry how all these beautiful patterned rooms are going to look in three years mm-hmm. um, oh, just because of the maintenance like yeah. the way it yeah, it, um, it, it looks used after a bit. So you have to either be delicate or be okay with the wear or mm. choose something else. Yeah. So um, we're seeing a lot of that. Um, still seeing a ton of subway, of course, but maybe, or by subway, I mean like a, a, th- like a three by six or a two by six white tile. But um, we've been doing it in a crosshatch pattern. We've been doing it in a herringbone pattern. The um, teeth pattern. The teeth. <laughs> um, we're doing oh, one yes, coming up that's, that's vertical, but offset that you'll be seeing soon. That's okay, cool. So, you know, I think it, it still feels so classic because it's the white, but maybe just sort of mixing up the way it's set. What about the colored grout with the white? Do you like the white grout or do you do a color? I never do white grout mm. because it looks gray on the second use. Mm-hmm. I'm able to do a light gray grout, though, that has that same feel. I also love a dark grout. Um, it just depends how many other elements there are in the room. So you can't have everything be shouting at you like, hey, I'm the design star. So if you do a dark grout, maybe the rest is kind of calm because that's very, um, that's a statement look. Sure. Right. So let me ask y'all about tile shapes. Okay. Because <laughs> I did not do my kitchen. I mean, my bathroom. And I am frustrated with the choices they made. But I'm just going to have to live with Caroline it. Caroline has one. a new house. I just bought a house. Congratulations. And here's the thing. It's perfectly nice, right? It's all tile. It's all marble here's tile. The thing. Is it new? 
No. Um, probably within the last five years. Yeah. And and it's perfectly tasteful. Yeah. But you the, hate it. No, I don't hate it. But it's a little I generic. Well, okay. They did every tile choice they made in the shower, on the floor, and on the walls. You know, they did like the. I guess it's not like a little over halfway up the walls. Mm-hmm. Like a um they're like a all the same size tile. Oh. And it drives me crazy. Mm. So they're all marble. The floor is squares, like um Oh, different like shapes, two, but same size. Like yeah, a two so by two. It's oh. like a two by two square on the floor. Uh-huh. The the bathroom is also a marble tile, but it's like a smaller it's not a hex. I can't remember actually what it is, but it's something like that. And then mm-hmm. the wall is a subway, but it's a mini subway. Mm. So they're all like a small, you know what I mean? Yes. I wish they had done one Some change that was in big, scale. Can yeah. you balance that with a larger scale upper wall treatment? I feel like you need something that's larger in scale on there. Yeah. Whether even just a piece of art or something to right, yeah, yeah. No, wallpaper I, I, I that's haven't done a big anything to it yet because I kind of want to live there for a little while before yeah. I kind of make a decision. But I guess I was just thinking if someone is making their bathroom choices, is there a way that you should arrange the Scale types? Style. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's no rule about where it goes, but. I, as you're calling out, it's nice to mix up the scale. So if you have a floor that's mosaic, maybe take the wall a little bit larger, even mm-hmm. just a three by six larger. Um, or if you have a big tile on the floor, um, unless you purposely look going for this room is very um, simple and, and streamlined, then fine. It can be the same tile on the walls. But if you're picking different tiles, mm-hmm. different looking tiles, they also should be different sizes. Yes. Yeah. So... Okay. I yeah. hate that. Just hearing the sound of it makes me irritated. It's just really busy on the bottom. <laughs> yeah. So I just, mm-hmm. yeah, I just rug? need to let it percolate. Can we get a rug? Yes. I need a rug. I mm. want like a, um, you know, maybe like a vintage um, with some pattern and color and stuff. Because it's all just gray and white. And it's kind of, hey. Yeah. All right. Well, so speaking of statements, I do want to talk about the room that you did that is all blue. Ceiling, trim, walls everything it's so we (laughs) all are all in love with the room caroline just painted her master navy and then seagrass the ceiling same color and the trims the same color right isn't it all the same blue i feel like yes the walls are uh, wallpaper and the trim is all dark like that matches yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you did the same thing in your basement i know but it's a basement you don't really have to see it like this was a real room right off the main hall with a mm-hmm. sort of a spicy cayenne red mm-hmm. hallway oh that made it. Hallway describe it was so old choices loved mm. it yeah this is an old traditional home where we did a traditional design with electric colors so <laughs> it was really fun um that was the parlor that was uh it's third sort of teal teal blue and um we painted out the fireplace mantle because it was sort of a lot of the stuff was very ornate, a little bit fuddy duddy. Mm-hmm. But you know what? With the coat of teal on there, psh, it looks That's awesome. so much more modern. And as we were going, we weren't planning to the ceiling, but I knew going in this room that totally envelops you with this blue, I knew that a white ceiling would just stop you in your tracks and kind of feel I don't know. Like it would, your eye would go there. Right, so we right. didn't want our eye to go there. So we just did the whole thing and. It's not a bright room. It's not trying to be a bright room. It never will be because of the direction of the sun. And now it's just this moody adult escape that they just love. They love. And they trusted me to go for it. So. Yeah, was that a hard sell? 
Not really. Mm-hmm. I think she was already seeing transformations happening in the house that she already loved. She was like... Giving you a longer leash. She she let me do it. Uh-huh. Um, she knew that she could not design this home on her own or she wouldn't be happy with it. And she knew she hired me for a reason. Uh-huh. So she just kept walking on that path. That's, That's good. got to be the best feeling in the world. When your client is like... Trusts you. Yeah, just lets you you know, really execute your vision. Do your job. It feels so great. It's the best reward. What I thought was great was, like I mentioned, the the hallway was red. And then the chairs inside that very dark room pulled that same red in. So Mm -hmm. your eye went right into that room with those chairs. It was really a lovely Thank you. The chairs were the first thing that we picked out. Ooh, those um, chairs were good. They took a little sell for the husband. <laughs> I could see that because they are definitely, but they, they're not in the space. Like you, and they feel like they fit so perfectly. Yeah. Like you see just seeing the chair and being like, what? Right. I remember him saying, do you have a, a few other fabrics to show me? And I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it needs to be this. Sometimes you have to put your foot down um, yeah. when you really believe in something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. The part that I, I loved even the drapery matched the walls too. Yeah. So it just really was this like, textured box yeah we always think about what do we want to make a statement like what is the statement in this room so in that room it was the chairs it was the chairs and it was the wall color you know it was this beautiful color and so i didn't want the ceiling to stand out i didn't want the drapery to stand out what's the solution hide it make it be the same color right so it just feels it I think it would have felt really jarring had the drapes been we considered doing maybe white with the with the the blue trim mm-hmm. to match the wall. I think that would have Still hit been. you a lot mm-hmm. more. We wanted it just to sort of disappear and feel very calm and it's calm and it's boldness. So yeah. it's a little design trick for you. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. Oh, and that sconce on that wall outside. The oh, the bones, horn sconce. The horn sconce. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's so good. Thank you. <laughs> Should we do a decorating dilemma? Will you help us with a dilemma? I would love to try. (laughs) Okay, this is from Emily, and she writes, Hi, ladies. I love your podcast, and I've learned so much from the great guests you interview. My husband and I are renovating a traditional 1950s home and plan to keep the style traditional while updating it a bit. What style of light switches and outlets would you choose? Thanks for your input. <laughs> what is a tr- traditional 50s home? I'm chewing a cookie, sorry. Ranch? <laughs> is it a ranch or what is a 50s home? Yeah, guess? I mean, I'm picturing, I'm picturing like, well, it's like early, like Eames, like early mid-century. But she wouldn't say of, traditional, would she? You know what I mean? I'm thinking ranch. I'm Googling traditional 1950s home. Okay. So she does. I'm okay. thinking ranch. It's like one of those, it's is not it like level? an... I grew up in that. I thought that was the coolest house ever. Well, they're like to the- have three levels. <laughs> the split level yeah, ranches, but them. not oh. not so many stairs. It's really it's really quite yeah, convenient. Like six stairs, you're there. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm a huge fan of white Decora switches and outlets. Do, do um, your outlets need and, and simple, the, you know, clean? I think it's easy to forget you that know, those things other are things make the statement going to go uh-huh. into your yeah. house, especially if you're remodeling. Karen, I'm thinking of your basement. Yes, mm-hmm. it's easy to overlook them, mm-hmm. but when should you consider them? When does it not matter? When does you know? Do they need to be appropriate? Do they need to yeah change based on the style of your home? What you select, or does it matter? Can you just get the decor all the time? Maybe I'm 
revealing how how little I care. (laughs) (laughs) I I tend to keep them pretty classic. And when, when I change this up is, so if we're doing wallpaper, Love to wallpaper those plates. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, they disappear. I mean, that's one of my favorite mm-hmm. things about wallpaper is switches, outlets can disappear. Um, when it's going to be on the side of an island or a cabinet, maybe think about having them custom painted so that they mm-hmm. blend in. Um, think about your furniture plan ahead of time. So is this going to be blaring on a blaring white on a red wall? Or is it going to be hidden behind a sideboard and maybe not so important Mm -hmm. um so it it kind of depends on the on the room colors if the room is really saturated and white's gonna kind of send out to you maybe think about it some more but the the room colors are kind of soft and the trim is white what'd you do in that blue room i don't know Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) i need to go back and look um we might have painted them Mm -hmm. yeah we might have painted them out um, the GC was really great on that job. He was great to detail. So some things, you know, he might have, he probably gave me a call and was like, should I do this? And I might have said, do go it. right ahead. And yes. then, um, but that's actually, that's a good point. So if her trim is going to be white, then I think white switches and outlets are fine because treat it like it's trim. If the trim and the walls are a color, that's when it's maybe a question of, okay, well, do the outlets and switches want to be more customized as well? Can I ask my own question? Okay, so in my bedroom, where no. I wallpapered the walls blue, mm-hmm. the trim is blue, everything's blue. Mm-hmm. My wallpaper installer did wallpaper the outlets and the outlet covers, mm-hmm. but the actual switches and the outlets are still white. Yeah. How annoying is that? Should I worry about <laughs> I, it? I know, girl. I'm living your world. Right you now. could. So, okay, first of all, black is pretty standard. So you could switch to black very easily. Or you could order. They do have custom things. Um, it's really a personal thing. Do you walk in and zero in on your outlet every no. time and hate your life? No. It's probably fine then. Okay. <laughs> you know? Look away. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I mean, it's all about, it, to me, it's all about how you feel when you walk in the room. So yeah. if you walk in and feel great and your outlet switch is white, who cares? It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. Room should make us feel good. That's so. an excellent point. You know, fixating on the most minor detail yeah. that no one notices but you. Just let it go. Mm-hmm. What about those pretty um, ones that are like metal? Are those just for modern homes? The metal? So, not outlets. So, <laughs> so for switches. The plates. Yeah. That, so, okay. Yeah. So, do you want to draw attention to your switches? Mm-hmm. My answer is always no. So, I would say mm-hmm. no to that because that makes it a statement. Right. Um, yeah, it's a thing with like the, the decorative things. I, I want it to disappear. I don't want to. Yeah, I want right. to forget about it. Don't right. call it out. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's an excellent point. Yeah. yeah. Here is one thing that I know that Emily should do though for her light switches. <laughs> what she should, should get a dimmer? Oh, oh, Emily, please get a dimmer. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, on every single switch. No, can... it's difficult with the LED bulbs. It's making the whole lighting between LED bulbs and the fact that every light fixture practically has exposed bulbs. It can be a real challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, one, LEDs are ugly. They just are. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of them don't dim well. So do your research. Yeah. That's yes. what I would say. A lot of them out. don't dim well, and some of them make a noise when you dim them. Or they that, flicker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. My electrician was just telling me about that. He said if you turn it on but there's a slight delay, it's because you're using an LED bulb and an incandescent 
can or yeah, something. Basically. Like they're phasing anything. out the incandescent <clears throat> light bulbs. Right. So we're going to be forced. We're all going to be forced. Oh, sure. I mean, it's it's a good thing. It's better for energy and, and the world. And, and they whatnot, are getting better at them. They are. At making them. They're a lot better than they used to be. But there's be. no cute, real-looking Edison, you know, Edison. When they're off. Bulbs. When they're off, they have that yellow filament. When they're on... You, I don't think you can really tell as much. You See, probably I would say haven't. the opposite. I think that when they're off, they look okay. But when they're on, the filament does something kind of weird. Yeah, you're talking about the LED one. I am. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hmm. I it does make it interesting. Well, that's what's interesting is that that's where all this, all the lighting is. Yeah. And then it's the light bulb you were looking at. And I know the light bulbs are kind of trendy, but also from such a, you know, us all trying to be more sustainable and that's where we're all going is led it is funny that i feel like that's the, we've the got to start swinging the other yeah. way right like cover that bulb yeah. we we this we kind of we were hit by this we just did a whole house install um 20 light fixtures i don't know i'm you know guessing um most of them were modern exposed bulbs of foyer light two stories up and my client was like i love everything and i'm terrified of changing all these light bulbs yeah. And so we had to really find the right balance. Okay, this fixture, we need to do incandescent for the look. This one, two-story, we're going to give you LED because you're going to hate yeah, us in a year. Years so much. trying to yeah. find that right balance of, yeah. you know, again, what works for your lifestyle. How often mm-hmm. do you want to change bulbs versus mm-hmm. – or maybe choosing a light that has less, that has shades. Yeah. 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 So that's something I hadn't really thought about too much until this install. And then it really hit me that I need to start – Thinking through, Thinking yeah, through even more levels of function. Mm-hmm. Function, function, function. You do. Yeah. You talk a lot about function. <laughs> I like it. Okay, one more question about outlets. Who okay. knew? There were so many questions about outlets. I didn't know you outlets. had so many about outlets. I didn't either, but I'm, oh, things are coming up. Bubbling up. Okay, when and should you use a USB outlet? And when should you just use a regular old one? I put them by our bed. So where you charge at night. I mean, that's just where we charge our phones. I'm just curious. I have mixed feelings about that. So first of all, a lot of devices have USBs that then plug into a traditional outlet, right? Yeah. So do you really need... My concern with USB is technology is changing so fast. If you plug all these things into your wall and then in five years, it's going to be a different thing. It's like the iPhone charger. Yeah. Where they update the darn thingy and you can't use the old plug to the new... You know yes. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whereas we've had these three socket plug outlets forever. And right. the USB can plug in to that. Like, why do you need to skip the step and plug Agreed. the USB into the yes, wall? Yes, I agree. So. That's true. I do like the USB thingies in lamps. Yes. Because I think that's handy if you have it on your desk or you have it mm. hotel yes. for your guests. What kind of lamp takes a USB? Some of no, them no. do. They Some have an t- extra plug in the lamp. Like hidden in the base. Where you plug your phone into the lamp instead of trying to plug your phone into the walls. Like so you cute just, lamps or like mm-hmm. ugly lamps? Yeah. It's cute lamps. I feel like desk lamps It's is more common. You yeah, know, we do it think. and I mostly desk one lamps. on my guest table. What do you call that thing? Bedside table in my guest room. that. Huh. That I got from Ballard that I think is beautiful. It's we don't sell it anymore. So. No. <laughs> no one else thought it was beautiful, I guess. Um, but it, you know, it's hidden, so you don't like you said. Especially in hotels, I do it a lot these days, where you, mm-hmm. you so you don't have to climb around on the ground and find the outlet. Oh, but um, that's cool. you're finding it more and more normal, pretty lamps. Okay. Plus, here's Function. here's yeah. the thing about um, bedside charging. If your plug isn't right next to your bed. You can't, it's too 
you know, your charger isn't long enough to like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what's nice about the, the lamp. Though shouldn't shouldn't we not be keeping devices in our sleeping room? Isn't that it is so true. bad for all of us to have these things plugged in and the waves running through our brains while we sleep? Probably. I yes. And I do it too, but I just. <laughs> that's my good alarm clock. <laughs> good. Yeah, I was going to say, these are great questions. But I can't think because my brain is Because it's warped from <laughs> being next to me. <laughs> Thank you so much. Oh, it was so nice. Yes. Thank nice. nice. you. <laughs> Tell everyone how yes. they can find yes. you. Yes. Tell everyone where they can find oh, you, follow sure. you. Sure, yeah. <laughs> so while I'm on the Instagram, you can design the manifest. Um, also, everything design manifest. Our website's designmanifest.com. We're on Facebook. Um, and we do have a blog where we occasionally share some reveals. That's also on our website. So uh, check us out. You do have a very pretty website. It is. Thank Beautiful. you. Go check, check it out. Thank you. All right. That's our show. Thank you for listening. Please send your questions to podcast at ballarddesigns.net and leave us a five-star review in your podcast app. <laughs> You're so bossy. <laughs> hey, it. you know, ask for what you want, Karen. That's true. Put it out there in the universe. Yeah. Go check out the show notes for this episode. We'll link to Naomi's site, her Instagram. Maybe I can link to some. Um, I'm sure I can find your old blog post about your cottage and all that good stuff. They're still there. They're, they're, they're just a little hidden. I'll, 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 yeah. Okay. I'll help you. Right. She'll hook you up. We'll send people to your all the good stuff you have going on. And follow us on social media at Ballard Designs. And until next time, happy, happy decorating. decorating.